I'm, I'm slowly learning that the word no is not scary. Mm. It's not scary. Um, every no leads to a better yes. Yeah. You just have to get through it. And, um, if, if you find it hard to motivate yourself, find a community, even if it's just one person where you're like, Hey, my weekly checkup, how's it going? Yeah. Um, it's really about community and it's the whole who you know, not what you know. It really in life, who you know, really changes the game. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lassa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it listener. How are you, babe? Um, I... I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. I'm really excited. I had no idea where this conversation would go, but I knew why I wanted to have this woman on. Personally, I'm very curious about anybody who publishes poetry. Um, It's a type of writing style that I've never dabbled into. And I really was like, oh, I really like what she's up to. I think this is really amazing. I want to bring her on. Also because she is dyslexic. And I was like, anyone who has that and then is able to write and produce things and things like that, like, that is a be it till you see it story that I have to share with you. And what this conversation goes into, I just cannot wait for you to have this in your ears. And I think you're going to want to put this one on save and have it as a reminder for yourself because not only are we all creatives, not only are we all able to do more than we give ourselves credit for, but she has some gems of stories in here that have happened to us in different ways and we forget them and we tone them down and we tell ourselves, uh, whatever. And I am here to tell you, and this whole episode is here for you, that we have to, have to, have to stop getting our own way. And if you're going to tell a story, make it a book, make it a story you tell, but don't tell it just to yourself, just to hold you back, right? Use, use your creativity of these whoppers that you're telling yourself to actually put out something in the universe that changes your life and someone else's, you know? So Anyways, I'm just, I'm going to let this episode continue to speak for itself. So after this message, here is Maggie Daniels. Be It Till You See It is brought to you by Brad and I going Woo! to Cambodia. That's right. And you too. you got to come with us. Yeah, we're going to be there for a retreat uh, this year, the end of this year, from October 30th for five days through November 4th. Yeah. And here's the deal. So we set it up specifically so you can leave work. Get on a plane, you arrive in Cambodia, we do Pilates every day, we do breath work, we do goals coaching, we're gonna tour temples, we're gonna eat amazing food, you need to stay at our house, and space is really limited because it's at our house. Yeah, it's at our house, and for those of you who do math, like me, it's six days, not five, I just did it on my fingers, like, oh yeah, right? Uh, so He's the, really excited. <laughs> um, we can only take 20 people. Yeah. Okay, so space is extremely limited. Everybody's really been telling us how much they wanna join us. Yeah. So do not wait. Get yourself on the uh, wait list for this. Actually, we're past the wait list. Get yourself on the... Uh, Get on the landing page and yeah, snag Yeah, sign up spot. for this. Uh, go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. Yeah. 
So if you have questions, feel free to ask, DM us everything. I understand Cambodia seems like it's really far away. I promise you, once you are there, it is amazing. It is out of this world incredible. And this is our first retreat since our last retreat, which was in March of 2020. So we are excited. Our team there is so enthusiastic to welcome us back. They can't wait. And the place looks amazing. I just spent a full month there preparing for this retreat. And I'm telling you, A, I'm so excited. Our place is ready to go and it's really exciting. All you need to do is get yourself there. We will pick you up from the airport. We will take you to where you're going to stay. And then you're going to be able to eat with us, practice with us, hang with us all week long. This is not, this is not one of those retreats where they only feed you two meals a day. We feed you. You're with us all week. Once we arrive and kick this retreat off, it's dinner Sunday and then three meals a day until Friday morning we eat breakfast and we take you to the airport and to wherever you want to go, whether it's back home or maybe you go somewhere else because once you're in Southeast Asia, you can keep going. You can, yeah. But uh, lock your spot in today by uh, making your deposit. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash retreats. See you in Cambodia. All right, be it listener, I've got someone special for you. Maggie Daniels is here, and I was really intrigued by her for a variety of reasons, which you're going to understand in a moment when she starts talking. But um, I actually find people who can take time to write very interesting. Um, I think everybody at some point has thought, oh, maybe I'd write a book or it might be nice to sit down and write something down. And then we inevitably think we're not writers. <laughs> we don't know what we're doing. <laughs> and um, and then we get in our head and then we think, oh, I can't do this. And we get imposter syndrome around it. So I just wanted to bring on Maggie to talk about how she got to where she is and give you some advice along the way. So thank you for being here, Maggie. Can you tell everybody who you are and what you're writing about? Thank you so much for having me today. Yes, um, I'm a poet, writer, director. Um, I, I use poetry for like the micro moments of emotion, the process, like what I'm feeling in the moment. And then I use screenplays to like dive deeper into my psyche, like through the characters, like why did this trigger me? Why do I feel this way? And um, I, I'm really glad you brought up the imposter syndrome and the insecurity because I had that for years. Like I've been writing my whole life and I never considered myself a writer. Mm. Isn't that crazy? That's that. It's crazy. And also like, I completely understand it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was one of those things. I didn't go to college. I grew up very dyslexic um, in a small town in the South. So I just didn't internally, I just had this voice that wasn't mine in my head that said, you know, you don't know enough words. You're not smart enough. Like there's someone else with that job already. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember my mother-in-law sent me this book and um, I can't remember the exact name of it, but it had, it had magic in the title where it was like a pun on words, like creativity is, is literal magic and ideas um, bounce around. Like if you don't use them, they'll go away and find someone else that will. And the crazy thing is that everyone's capable of it. Every human being, I feel like we were here to be creative, not to work and pay bills and die. I feel like our soul needs to express itself in many forms, whatever that may be. And um, a lot of people don't realize that creativity isn't just making art. Creativity is uh, anything that drives you and makes you want to get up and do something and make something. Like that could be crafting, that could be engineering, that could be anything, making rockets, Um, whatever drives you to want to create something is, I feel like the basic necessity of our souls. 
Oh, I mean, agreed. And I actually think like that's becoming more and more something that a lot of people are talking about. Like we're all born to be creative. And I think a lot of people thought, oh, it's those left brainers or those right brainers or whatever side of the brain it is. Um, (laughs) We'll go back to the neurologist who was on the show (laughs) for that. But, um, but I, I don't, we weren't given like only half a brain. We have a whole brain. We can use it. And we, we all have this ability to be creative. And I want to go back to the, that voice in your head because I, I think that we all have that voice and some of us have the volume turned up louder <laughs> on yeah. that voice than others. And, um, it is, uh, it's that voice that holds back some of the most amazing people out there because every single person has a story that can help somebody else. Like we learn through story, right? We learn, we don't remember like statistics, but we remember the story that was told around the numbers and that kind of helps us there. And we can visualize that story. So how did you get that voice volume to turn down enough for you to attempt what you're now doing? Oh man, it was a lot of different things. Um, I would want to say it had to do with a lot of um, different influences. Gary V is one of them. I don't know him personally, but just following him on social media, he's a very positive mindset person. And um, a lot of his like personality and his branding is he just puts out positive, just that's his vibe. And um, always he's just reminding the public like, hey, that voice in your head isn't you. Like, don't listen to it. Like, find the one that's you in there. And I was emotionally, physically and sexually abused as a child. So I had a lot of different voices in there and um, it took me a while to tune out to remember which one was mine, but I kind of went back to like my five-year-old self and that inner child. And I feel like that's how you find your voice is it's your inner child yeah. and you just have to listen for them because they're, they're quieted by all the, the noise and the best advice I ever got was from my mentor, from director and writer, Diane Bell. Um, she told me, do what you want. The rest is noise. Mm. So listen to your inner child. That's your voice. And just go back to an age where you really felt your personality like started or like rounded out to your core of who you are. And for me, that was five years old. And from then on, I was who I am. And um, yeah, I feel like find that age and that's your voice in you. And you just, whatever you're doing in life is to protect that part of yourself. Like think of it as a separate entity almost like your inner child is um, someone that you need to treat that you wish that you were the adult in their life kind of thing. Yeah. Like that you were there to protect them. And I feel like that's the first step of feeling. Yeah. I think we also like, you just said that like, we also like protect, sometimes we do things to protect them so much that it's actually holding us back. Like those yes. things help to get you to survive and get to this point. And then, yes. you know, and I think that's, um, I, I think that's really interesting. Like I was talking with my own therapist about, it. I was like, I, when, when the pandemic happened, I like, full, like, was like, it was almost ease, like, <laughs> like the world crashing down and like everything canceling on my calendar. It was, I was relatable. Like, I was like, uh, welcome to my world. <laughs> I said, like, Oh, I totally get this survival mode. Check. Guess what? Yeah. But then a few months later when we moved and all this stuff and, and she's like, you know, you don't need to be in that mode anymore. And I was like, Oh, I'm still driving in that mode. And so it's like, it's so good that we can tap into that. It's so good that we have the ability to protect ourselves when needed. Cause you know, sometimes you're walking down the street with like 
maybe somebody you want to like have a contract book deal or a screenwriting thing with and someone sells something at you. You don't exactly always get to just go F off you, whatever. You might have to like just ignore that that happened to you. So it's good to have that ability to put those protectors up, but we also be able to take them down. Yes. Yes. And the key to that is I feel like in a way you, you find your inner child voice, you protect them, you let them know that they're safe with you. And then you show them that they don't have to be afraid anymore. And I feel like that's a process of delayering all of that. And um, I'm not sure where I am on that process, (laughs) but um, I have found so much relief with writing, especially with my film. Once I got um, done with the first draft, um, I really felt like things I've been holding on for years, I just placed on the characters like they have to carry that shit now. It's not mine. And it, oh, I can't even describe it. It's just such a relief. So I find this really fascinating. So, okay, first of all, because I lived in LA and so I was around people who, everybody's a writer, everybody's a director, everyone's there. And um, I, I would love to hear your, how you got into doing that because that is also like, that is, there's like a thousand stories that people tell themselves every day in Hollywood and they actually have the access and the means and the agents. And like, I don't know where you live right now, but like, how, yeah. how did you get about to writing, a, writing this film and then getting it put together and where it is now? Well, honestly, it was, um, I've, it's been a long time coming. I've been working on it for about 10 years because for so many of those years, I had that voice blocking me. And, um, I, it's like in Donnie Darko. If you haven't seen it, um, there's this like thing that comes out of his chest and he follows it. And that's how I feel with writing. I'm just being pulled from my chest. And I feel like there's so much pressure. If I don't write, I'm going to burst. And um, that's really what motivated me to really keep the interest and really like work through the hardness of it. And once I sat down and really wrote the script, when I knew what I was doing, I had to sign up for a writing class because I was really insecure. I looked up the formatting, but I didn't know if like I had it right. And I booked a class with the, the writer, Diane Bell, and she changed my life. And it was the first time that someone came up to me and was like, you get it. This is good. Like, this is better than good. Like, this is something. And so I don't know, having that outside voice and growing up being like emotionally abused, I never had those like compliments. So it was like hard to process at the time, but it's, it's really changed my life. And the whole, like, um, the rest is noise that she always reminds me of. It really is. I've, um, I've had some highs and lows on this project, but it just keeps getting better. And if you just keep moving forward, I like to think of it. It's an old, old Christmas movie cartoon, um, about Santa Claus that they play on ABC family every year, get the name of it. But, um, it might be Chris Kringle, but he has a song with uh, Father Ice, um, and it's one foot in front of the other. And if you just put one foot in front of the other, soon you'll be walking across the floor. If you put one foot in front of the other, soon you'll be out the door. And um, I feel that plays out in life. If you just keep going, you'll get to your destination. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I feel like <laughs> I'm, I'm like so grateful for this conversation right now because you know when you're in the middle. And you yeah. know all these things, like, you know, all these things, I, like, I know it and you get with one foot, but sometimes you like get stuck. You just get stuck in your you own do. head. You just you do. You tell yourself a story and you're just like stuck in your own head. And like the story I'm telling myself right now is like, there's just like, we're not, we don't have enough time. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, this is a story I that will come up like pretty much every other year. 
And it becomes like the thing. And it's such an interesting thing because I, I think a lot of people who are listening to this will blame themselves because they should know better. They like, yeah, like they feel that way sometimes too. Yeah. I should know better. I tell my clients this, I tell my, I tell my kids this, I, all these things, we read the books and, but you, you know, we're not perfect people. You cannot reflect. And sometimes that voice that you thought you turned down, found a way to like untie a hand and just go tick, 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 tick. Let me, if I just do it a little bit at a time, they won't notice, you know, they won't notice the volume's going up. And, you know, I think it's, um, it's so important to just remember that you are going to get in your own way. And it's so important that when, when someone comes into your life in a moment to just say that one thing, or there's a song playing, like, like it's, it's happening to help get you out of it. And if we just pay attention a little bit, we can go, oh, and then be forgiving that we maybe took a little longer to remember yeah. that. Yeah. I'm, I'm slowly learning that the word no is not scary. Mm. It's not scary. Um, every no leads to a better yes. Yeah. And you just have to get through it. And um, if, if you find it hard to motivate yourself, find a community yeah. that even if it's just one person where you're like, Hey, my weekly checkup, how's it going? Yeah. Um, it's really about community and it's uh, the whole who, you know, not what, you know, really in life, who, you know, really changes the game. Well, um, you're actually for creativity or anything. I have to, I want to go back to the fact that you like sign up for a class because I think this is really yeah. key. I really, I, um, finding people, finding people. So here's the thing. I just interviewed this guy who, um, John Malura, um, and he was a rocket scientist who is a photographer and he is now a, like he, like he has been for many, many years, full-time photographer. Like that's his thing, right? That's how he yeah. pays his bills. And I had asked him, I said, well, like how, like, <laughs> give me some like what to be an action item and he said you have to invest in your idea yeah. like you yeah. have to hire someone invest in knows what doing yeah and that's where people get stuck because they'll tell themselves i don't have the money Intimity. i don't have this or this yeah. is why should i spend money on this is just a a writing class like people yes. will say that as opposed to like it's you know not something that like makes sense but if you yeah. invest in an idea that you have you like, first of all, you get someone who had more information than you. There are a few more steps ahead and you're literally showing your brain and the universe and the people around you. This means a lot to me. Yeah. I spent my last like $300 on that workshop at the time. I had nothing to my name and I just went every, every week and it gave me so much life and it's, it's literally changed my life. And, um, I, I don't want to go back to not pursuing my dreams. Mm-hmm. And the thing is people don't feel comfortable asking for help. Ask for help. No one knows what they're doing. Everyone uses Google for spell check. Like, come on. Um, <laughs> like we're in an age of it's so easy to find your community because of the access online. Like you can find somebody that matches your energy that you can communicate with that's going to have the answer you're looking for. Just pat, get get through that discomfort if you're like shy, intimidated, like everyone's awkward, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? But if you're just being genuinely yourself, the whole fake it to your make it is, is it's expired. Everyone wants kindness. Everyone wants genuine authenticity. So just be yourself and ask for help. Yeah. That's you, simple. You, well, and, um, I read the book rejection proof, um, 
uh, this year. And oh, Maggie, put it on your book list. I mean, like you mentioned, well, like, no, isn't a bad thing. He went on a hundred day like rejection journey and he came up with like creative ways like to get rejected so he can get over his fear of rejection because that's what people yeah. have. The fear that's what's holding them all back. And we and I definitely want to get into your poetry because I think like that right there, like every time you get up and sp- speak poetry, I feel like it's like comedians, anyone who does stand up, like you're just putting yourself up there to be rejected because not everyone's going to like what you do anyways. So anyway, but the book, he like did crazy things. Like he knocked on people's doors in Texas on a super, on like a football Sunday. It was like, Hey, can I go in your backyard and take a picture of me kicking a ball? And like, people are like, yeah, <laughs> you'd be yeah. surprised. Like, um, I had said earlier in the year, I want this specific person on my podcast. If you know her, help me out. And then I was just like, I'm just going to ask her myself. And she said, yes. Yeah. And I'm interviewing yeah. her next week. So like, I think we pre-reject, we like put the rejection there before it's even, even happened before like it yeah. can even happen. And then we build up this, this event that's going to happen that pr- even if people actually reject your idea, won't be as bad as you just dreamed up in your head. Dude. And it always could even lead to something better. Like don't even, if you get rejected by someone, don't burn that. It's not a burn bridge. It's professionalism. Like it's not a burn bridge. You can still maybe spark a friendship. Like my favorite rejection that I've experienced so far, because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know it was like not appropriate to just like send someone your script. I <laughs> didn't know that. So I was just sending people my script that I thought vibed with the story. I love you. I, yeah. I love it I so much. Poems and shit. I didn't know. And um, so at the time it was during the pandemic and the comedian um, Byron Bowers was doing like uh, Zoom meetings. And it was just like six or seven of us from around the world that met every week. And we all like had like trauma problems and we all bonded on trauma and stuff. And one day he was talking about city life and it reminded me of my film. So I just sent him the quick Dropbox link on Instagram uh, DM. And he immediately sent me back like a whole lawyer response, like blah, 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 blah. And yeah, totally professional. It's fine. But my heart went into my ass. Okay. Like I was so just cringe embarrassed. And then my husband was like, Oh, it's no big deal. Like, that's just like what it is. It's just professionalism. You just reminded me. And I breathed it out, took some dabs. I was like, okay, namaste. And then the next <laughs> morning, I just hopped on um the group chat and it went like wasn't awkward or anything. It was just like keep pushing. And long term, like six a few months later. Um, I was in LA, we go on a hike, we ended up becoming really great friends, like really awesome dude. I love comedians. Now comedians are like my favorite human beings, comedians and musicians yeah. have the best souls. I swear to God. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that experience for me just makes me not scared of no anymore. Cause now he's like, I, I just, I, I appreciate his friendship. Like, you know what I mean? Well, and also like, I, I, I think it's, I think it's so great that you just showed up because you didn't make it a thing. And I think yeah. like the things are only there because we make things. Like Exactly. We... I made it up in my head. He didn't have any thought and you know, like there was nothing. Yeah. He said registered. that response because probably they're like, if he reads that and then somehow he makes a film and you're like, Hey, I have that line in my thing. I know. I'm sure <laughs> he explained it to me. It's a thing. It's, it's a, a thing. thing. It's a whole I thing. I didn't know. Yeah. And so, you know, but like, I love that you shared the story and I loved how I love how the story has progressed in your life because it is 
something we can all remember, you know, like some, like I, I, I just think it's interesting. We, I think anybody listening to this who has held themselves in whoppers, I think you should go into writing because look at what, look at the stories you've made up to yourself. And you know what's crazy (laughs) is swimming probably wouldn't have happened if I didn't keep going to that Zoom meeting Mm. because we talked about some really deep stuff. And one day, um, he started talking about like, um, writing writers and he was just asking because he knew some of us wrote poetry in the group and wrote whatever. And he knew I was a writer because I embarrassed the shit out of myself. Um, and, uh, he was asking, you know, like how many times a day do you write? And that was the conversation. Like, um, uh, if you like, and I said, how often I write, he was like, Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty like, that's like above average. You know, I was like, yeah, I do have a lot sitting around. Like I should just like, what am I doing? I'm just sleeping on it. So like, because of that conversation with Byron, like that week I got swimming together and ended up publishing it later in the year. And when we went on that hike in LA, I brought him a copy and there's actually a poem I wrote about the zoom meeting. It's called zoom in, in swimming. It's called zoom. Um, but yeah, if I, if I hadn't kept showing up, and getting that creative input and inspiration from my own community of relative minds. Yeah. I don't think I would be on this interview right now talking about my book. Well, let, so let's talk about that. So swimming is your book. And yes. you, so, um, and you know, you, and y'all can get it. We'll put it in the link in the, in the notes below, but um, how, okay. So you just started, like you went to these meetings and he, yeah. he told you like, oh, you're writing more than the average person. And yeah. it's so, again, we go back to like, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast with those who've been listening for a long time. We keep talking about surrounding yourself with people. Like you have got to put a community around, like you, you put yourself in a creative network and you showed up and yeah. you, um, not only do you get feedback, but you get ideas. And so, yeah. um, so not only had, had that not happened, you wouldn't have this book. So what made, what was the process and like how, how did you talk yourself into publishing? Because putting it all together is one thing. Putting it yeah. out for the world to read is a, whole, a whole other, other thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So first I went to Google because that's my best friend. Um, <laughs> and I Googled like how to self-publish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to do um, to do Amazon because everything like Amazon to me, it's just books get lost. I mean, they're number one retailer for books. I don't hate on Amazon. I love you, Amazon. But um, <laughs> I love Amazon too. We got stuff on there yeah. too. <laughs> I just, just in case Jeff get, is listening. Don't worry, yeah, Jeff. <laughs> I, I just didn't want to get lost in the massness of it. Yeah. I just mm-hmm. wanted it to be a book only thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked into Barnes and Noble and Barnes and Noble, if you go through Barnes and Noble press, you can publish self-publish. And so I did not know this book. Yeah. It's amazing. They print the book and, um, they don't take that much. Like I told my cousin has been an author for many decades and she only makes a couple cents and she's got trilogies. She only makes a couple cents. And I make like almost $4 per book through Barnes and Noble press. And also y'all, just so you know, when you see like self-publishing is like when it first came out, people were like, oh, yourself, like that was a thing. But now like a lot of writers are self-publishing because when you go through a publishing company, there is a lot more input on what you're writing (laughs) And, and you have to sell whatever amount past your advance before you start getting paid on it. So it's anyways, it's really is 
like six one way, half a dozen other. Of course, if you get published by a publishing house, you know, obviously there's other things that could happen for you, but we self-published. I did it through Amazon. Um, and, uh, you know, we, on the, we don't do the Kindle version. That's where we, um, cause that's where figure out the formatting to save my life. And also like, um, you, I couldn't price the book at a place that would get me more than 99 cents. And I just was like, I, this, the actual, everything that went into this, my team, myself, everything, like, I just, I want you to value this book because I want you to read it. And I do believe that when you pay for things like your class, it was like your last $300. I do believe that, um, because from my own experience, like I paid for college. So you better believe I was in fucking every class. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, this class has cost me $700. I'm not fucking messing. (laughs) Exactly. So I, um, so I, I just really wanted my book because it's for, for business people to actually be some of the read. So yeah. we print through Amazon. And then if you want the ebook, you get it through our site. So it's just a, um, just a little bit more, uh, under our control, but I, I think that's so cool. So like yeah. y'all, all she did was go to her best friend, Google, <laughs> how do you self publish <laughs> yeah. and then did some research. And now you're Barnes and Nobles. That's a big fucking deal. <laughs> I know. I feel classy as shit every time I say it. <clears throat> yeah. But Barnes and Noble, and I got picked on. I couldn't read as a kid. Okay. Mm -hmm. I learned how to read through reading poetry. It just clicked for my brain. And so to be in Barnes and Noble, it just blows my mind. Can Um, can we talk about that? Because you you were were dyslexic, correct? Yes. Yes. And so that, again, just another story we could tell ourselves about reading and writing. And you are a script writer, a film writer, and you have a book. And and tell me, so what about poetry? Because like... That is a sp- that one I think is the most the writing genre that most people are misunderstood about what poetry actually is, and I think more people can be poets than we think. Oh man, the thing I love about poetry is there are no rules, and I think that's what drove. Well, I didn't go to college. I'm sure there are rules. I follow poets that are in college on Twitter, and I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. So sorry in advance. Um, <laughs> but to me, growing up, I got the impression that there are no rules in poetry. And I used to get in arguments with English teachers because I would get pop quizzes during poetry month and they'd be like, how is this line supposed to make you feel? And I'm like, you can't fucking do that. You can't like, you can't, you don't, there's no correct answer in that. Right. It's going to make you feel how it makes you feel. And it's already done its work for the writer. So don't worry about how the writer wanted it to be. It's done its work for them. It's all about how it makes you feel in the moment. And I would get really heated about that. Um, but poetry just, it, it clicked for my brain. Um, my mom was really passionate about tutoring me after school and I had tutors during school, hated it at the time. I would come home and be like, it's killing me. Um, yeah, it was really dramatic. Yeah. That's hard. Oh, that has to be hard. I mean, like as nowadays, if you have, if you're dyslexic, there's like the schools are like ready for it, but I don't know how old yeah. you are. I feel like we're about the same age and like, my uncle was dyslexic. He's a doctor, right? But like, yeah. he really struggled because no people just thought he was like, yeah, he just, just couldn't read. Put you in on the short bus. Yeah, they're like, oh, like, there's something right. wrong with this kid. He can't read. It's like, no, he can't. He is dyslexic. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't read at the level there he is. And then I learn all this stuff, and then you grow up, and then professional businesses are spelling shit wrong. I'm like, what was this even for? <laughs> right. I know I do whenever I see an error in I think I was reading one of Oprah's recent books and there I've read the sentence three times I'm like that was the wrong word that there's something wrong with this word like it's missing an r or something's wrong here yeah. and I was like and I laughed so hard I was like I am you know like obviously you don't want to have the 
like you could put the wrong word with the wrong meaning. So you definitely want to have the right meaning in there, but you can also spell a word wrong and it's going to be okay because people's brains are just scanning anyways. (laughs) So, you know, I went over with a toothpick, my book swimming so many times, but there's still one misspelled word and it eats me alive. Um, I won't say it. (laughs) That's my bad. You know, Um, maybe, but it's also a part of the poet poetry of it right it's part of the creativity of yeah, it whenever i send my script for edits to my producer he's like so many edits I'm like, <laughs> well we had another um writer on and she said was worried about grammar and oh, somebody them. said oh, somebody said there's what that's why there's writers and there's editors editors yeah <laughs> that's that's not my department yeah just wait like you know so oh my goodness maggie you are um, really awesome. I mean, you know that, but I really, I really do love this authenticity that you you bring up. And I think ev- even if somebody listening to this is not a writer, or doesn't want to be a writer, like you can relate so much to your story, which is like, we all have had times in our life where we didn't think we we're good enough. And we all need people <laughs> to remind us that what we have is good. And it's, yeah. and it needs to be out there. And I'm just so grateful for the angels that were par- put into your life to make sure yeah. that you did this so that you could share your story with our listeners today, because they need to hear you. They need to hear this. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, makes you feel a little less alone in the world when someone says something that makes sense to you. Yeah. Uh, well, we're going to take a quick little break and then we're going to find out how people can find you, follow you and read all of your work. All right, where my teacher's at, my studio owners, my apprentices at, my home studio owners, independent teachers, I'm talking to you. I want you to listen up right now. Here's the deal. There's so much admin that is required to run a business, and it could mean the difference between you growing your business and you having time off. And the important thing to me is that you have time off. You have time away from your business because you do not work 24-7. And I know you're thinking, oh, it's just one hour on this one day or it's not really a big deal. My clients text me and then I book them. And, you know, I really like to book them because I like to be in control. Stop right there. (laughs) Here's the deal. You have to have a barrier between you and your business. It is so important that you get to have a day off where you are not being texted by a client who wants to reschedule a session from two weeks from today, but then they want a day that you don't have and you're going back and forth. It's just this once. It's not just this once. It's happening too often. And so I want you to try the 30-day trial of the scheduling tool that I have partnered up with. It is freaking amazing. They have over 33 features. I have a coaching video for each one of those features to let you know if it's right for your business. And every single week, anybody who's using my version of the scheduling tool gets coaching tips from me. That's right, coaching tips from me. So you are not alone in running your business and you get to feel like you have this 24-7 assistant you've always wanted. Plus they have an incredible support team, like literally real life human beings who will help you transfer from whatever tool you have to theirs. And if you don't have one yet, they're still gonna be able to help you. Do not be scared of the tech. I promise you, your phone is more technological than what you're going to be using for the scheduling tool. So go to Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool. Profitable Pilates slash scheduling tool to get on this 30-day trial. All right, Maggie, where do you hang out? Um, are you on the socials? Where can people get to read more of your work and hear what you're up to? Um, MaggieLogic.com has all the links to my socials. Um, Instagram is at MaggieLogic. Um, and uh, you can buy swimming at BarnesandNoble.com. I'm currently sold out on MaggieLogic.com. I got to order some more books. But yeah, um, <laughs> you can also check out the really awesome audiobook on all music streaming services, so Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Amazon Music, all of them. 
It's really awesome. I teamed up with the composers, Corey Campbell and Jenna Desmond out of Charleston, South Carolina, and Mike Henderson out of Colorado for recording studio. And it's a masterpiece. I'm reading it. And my, my friends joke with me, they're like, who'd you, um, who'd you get to read your book? And I was like, me, I say it at the beginning. It's me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, I'll, I was in character. And that was the first time I read the book from cover to cover. And it was, mm. it was, it was, uh, it took its toll. I had to take some breaks. It was emotional. So shout out to voice, re- voiceover artists. It's a lot. Yeah, that's a that's a skill that I think a lot of people are like. Oh, I should like I should be a voiceover person. Like, <laughs> it takes a lot out of you. It really does. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, but it was fun. It was fun. It was fun. I hope that you do more work. I hope that you. I hope this is the first of many. And um, oh yeah, and I got two more books coming out. Ah, okay, keep us posted on that. I definitely. Um, I'm really excited about what you're doing. Okay, so before we let you go, be it action items, bold, executable, intrinsic or target steps people can take to be it till they see it. What do you have? Definitely number one, find your people because when you have your low days, you need that extra motivation and always show up for them and they'll show up for you. And number two, I would microdose your tasks. So just like working out, um, 10 or 20 sounds a lot, but you can do five. And if five sounds a lot, you can do four. So like just a couple minutes, a notepad, if you like to write, or I just sometimes just write notes on my phone. You always have your phone on you mm-hmm. if, if that's your genre, you know, if you want to write, but yeah, just microdose your tasks. And um, yeah. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, okay. Maggie, you're amazing. Thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing your story and all that you're up to. I'm leaving very inspired. I hope everyone listening is well. How are you going to use these tips in your life? Tag Maggie Logic, tag the Be It Pod, let us know. And please share this podcast with someone. If you don't know how to share it on the on the gram, I get it. Like, Not everyone's a professional <laughs> social media person. Then text it, screenshot it, send it however you can, because not only does it help our our guests out. It helps uh, the podcast out, but most importantly, it helps all of the people in your life out. You know, if everybody is getting this powerful inspiration dose each day, then the world is a much better place. So until next time, everyone be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the be it till you see it podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals. 
which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.